Okay, you don't need glasses, honey. I do. I guess oh my, my I guess my sight is not as good as yours. Okay, well at least you got your Blu-rays on. Yes. Or whatever they call them. They're very Blu-ray. fancy. Blu-ray. <laughs> Funny you should say Blu-ray. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Drive Into the Ritz with your favorite hosts. That would be Larry and Denelia. Denelia. Yay! Fantastic. This is our free first section. Part, yeah. Yeah, we do a free first section and mm-hmm. a paid for second section. Mm-hmm. The paid for sex- second section. It's called uh, the second hour, which usually is more than an hour. Usually, <laughs> right? Uh, Ilya and Adelina, and occasionally others, but mostly they. Yeah. A couple from Romania. They expand, expand, and ask a lot of really relevant, relevant, interesting questions. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. about the things that we talk about in this half hour, yep. or half hour, twenty minutes, hour, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they bring a, a level of understanding. Through inquiry. Yes. Which I think is one of the best ways to learn. And full clarity, transparency of experience. Right. And full integrity. They ask yes. questions even if it makes them look a little bit, you know, whatever. They don't really worry too much. Mm-hmm. Hey, there is no, uh, well, there is some bad questions, but they don't ask those. <laughs> <laughs> They're very they say there's no stupid sure. questions. I think I've heard that before. I don't know about that. But I don't know about that. But yeah, I, they, they ask plenty of very those, good questions. There are none from them. Yeah, there's there's a really good questions, expansive and really good. Right, right. Like people can identify with those questions. Right, a lot of uh, you know bearing the soul, so to speak, mm-hmm. and uh, their personal experience with uh, the things that we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So if you're interested in that type of dialogue. And that kind of expansion and uh, what comes with it, mm-hmm. which is uh, a, it's a private telegram group, mm-hmm. right? And uh, after party mm-hmm. and uh, even classes. Well, that's added. Yeah, that's it's not part, part of, of the second life, the second part of the podcast. Well, but you no. can that's choose that subscribe to. Star. Yes. Yeah. So you, you can, can choose be part of the to. classes also. Yeah. That's yeah. another thing. And also that supports our work. So, gosh, that's win-win. nice. It's nice to be supported in your <laughs> it's work. Beautiful right? to be supported in your work. Yes, I really like it when I'm supported in the work that I'm doing. Yes, absolutely. Me too. Other than just how good it makes me feel, I yes. like to go buy food, <laughs> ice cream, <not> just <laughs> yes. cream, and go yes. make some sugar, and then I freeze it. You know, I like to just get the ice cream sometimes. Yes. Okay. Anyway, that's our ad for the minute. Okay. But what I really want to talk about. Hmm. Besides that, mm-hmm. is what everybody's talking about. UFO whistleblowers. Yeah. 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 I called it. Yeah. I called it. You called it. You I called, called it. it. Yeah. You called it. So this is uh, the experience of the last week. And this is probably a week or two after it's happened. If you haven't, mm. I mean, if you haven't, I mean, if, there, if you are under a rock and you haven't heard, the government, U.S. government has a whistleblower, right? Mm-hmm. And the that funny thing is, yeah. yeah. The funny thing is that I've been watching this narrative for the past three years. Yes, it's it is super funny. And I've been saying, okay, it's begun, and then it's going to grow, and it's going to grow. Oh, I, first of all, I said it's going to start at such and such a time of such and such a year, and it did. Yep. Begin then, and it's been slowly growing. So, slowly. yeah. But now it's like all of a sudden and sudden and sudden. This type of the words that are being used, it's some time. 
for those words to be used in the narrative that we're going to be exploring. Right. Shall we read a little bit of it, or did you have any more? Well, I, I just wanted to set the stage. Yeah. Which is a little bit of it. 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 If you have been under the rock, which mm-hmm. is, I found quite shockingly, more people than I would have believed were a little bit under the rock. They had <laughs> not I no idea that a government whistleblower came forward, right? Right. And in the sense of a government whistleblower, it's the kind of uh, whistleblower who, by all normie, I guess normie would be the word that you might use, mm-hmm. regular person who isn't really a UFO person. It's mm-hmm. like UFOs, NFOs, RFOs, whatever, that type of a person. Mm-hmm. Someone who they would take as legitimate authority to say whether or not things are true, mm-hmm. right? And even then, they might be... Uh, it's not like on the top of their radars, right? Mm. So in this case, a whistleblower is a person who's blowing a whistle on something he thinks or she thinks uh, is being handled improperly, mm-hmm. illegally or something, right? Illegally, usually. And so they're telling what it is they experienced and uh, using the whistleblower protections that the government also has to um, shield themselves from repercussions of it mm-hmm. and trying to do it in a public way, right? So that everybody knows and can't be just like silenced, I guess. Something mm-hmm. like that. That's generally the whistleblower way, right? Spilling the beans, so to speak, of someone who's in it. And in this case, someone who's in it that most people would consider an unimpeachable source, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, like, at some point in history, policemen would be like an unimpeachable source at court. Mm-hmm. Since... The narrative around that has changed, right? A lot. Now we expect the police lie in court all the time. <laughs> right. And, uh, politicians at some point in time, that was the same kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. They would be like, well, they should know. They represent us all. They've been elected by everyone. They have our mouth. So what they say must be right and mm-hmm. true. But we know that obviously isn't necessarily That's also. <laughs> probably not exactly accurate. In this case, you know, as a military officer in the Air Force, mm-hmm. high-ranking military officer in the Air Force, who carries an oath, oath keeper, right? And their oath is, uh, I think the Air Force one has something to do with integrity. Mm-hmm. And so they will carry the mantle of that integrity in what they share. Mm-hmm. And they know, having been in it for a long period of time, they've been exposed to information they're not allowed to share. Mm-hmm. But at some point, they're not allowed to share is uh, impinging on their integrity, right? Mm-hmm. And so they want to legally share what's legally should be known by everyone. So that's basically what happened mm-hmm. as it is presented, right? Mm-hmm. So I've seen a lot of commentary around it. As it first came out, there were the people who are really into UFOs, like their entire life from morning till night is just UFOs and they travel the country, go con- from UFO uh, convention. convention to convention mm-hmm. to convention. They have paid for membership sites. You go mm-hmm. sign up and you talk about UFOs all day long mm-hmm. and disclosure and this and that written books. Those guys, they were like everything that was uh, whistleblown on. They've all 
not only heard, they've been talking about and saying, you know, for decades, for decades. <laughs> and they are actually probably the same. They were some of the military whistleblowers yeah. to begin with yeah. themselves, yeah. or they were whistleblowing with the military, or there was a guy in the military who told them all this stuff who they're helping to whistleblow <laughs> with, or they've been in a hundred ways interviewed some of these military people involved in these programs who've yeah. all told them exactly the same thing, right? Yep. Yep. So it's nothing new under the sun, but it is something new under the sun. How, what is the new part? What is the new part? Mm. The new part, really, mm-hmm. is the nomenclature. Yes. I call it UAPs and AAROs and this and that and the others instead of UFOs, UFOs. right? Yeah. And it's a claiming, they're claiming mm-hmm. that territory, right. right? So essentially it's not that, hey, these things exist and the military covers it up. It's like, we are defining these things as such and mm-hmm. we own them mm-hmm. and we've held them in trust for you. Blah, blah, whatever story, right? Right. So it's claiming of a narrative using different letters and words mm-hmm. and different, uh, I would say like different organizations that are tied into the old ones, but just different letters. It seems like that. Yeah. The difference is, uh, I'm a, I'm a, member of the year 2020 or 2010 AARO UAP investigation team. And (laughs) so it's now it's current instead of 40 or 50 or 80 years ago, blue beam, blue beam or blue. (laughs) Yeah. Those things like that. Also it's like the new disclosure. Right. I think that's what it feels like. Yeah. Also there is the fact that many of these power over others organizations are infighting and therefore, some of the words will indicate what camp they belong to. Definitely, yes. Which is yeah. what this newsletter is about, is which camp do they belong to? Mm-hmm. And, you know, oftentimes, and this is something to be aware of in this, especially this field, is despite there are multiple narratives and multiple agendas and multiple everything's going on, and there are very powerful groups with... Uh, the power to kill people mm-hmm. to enforce their narratives, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. Definitely has been done and will be continue probably to be mm-hmm. done. They um um they are not unsophisticated. Right. In the sense that even someone who presents as completely truthful and honest has been fed the information they're giving you. Exactly, yeah. So that they say that from that space Space of complete honesty, honesty, right? So everything in this world requires multiple levels of scratching. Yes. Because there are sophisticated systems Mm -hmm. at play. Yep. At the end of the day, though, it is the narrative that you carry, right? Yes, that dictates your life. That's going to be the dictation of the experience that you have with with this now new whistleblower revelations and the experiences of those around you, right? Yes. We'll yeah. have as they become more and more exposed to this because it's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. It's only going to grow. Right. So let's give the newsletter a scratch, right? All right. This is an excellent newsletter if you've written, honey. It's called UFO Whistleblowers. What's real? Oh, yes. For the two, for two years now, I have stated there is a narrative. There is a narrative that will be pushed Onto the human population when all other fear porn narratives start to fail. Boy, oh boy, have they been starting to fail, even though they still push it and push it. Yes. It's like, yeah, hard to be afraid of that since, you know, <laughs> I just went through it and nothing happened. Yeah. 
That narrative indeed began when I mentioned it would in 2020. It began slowly, gathering momentum, getting the masses used to seeing bits here and there, and slowly disinforming them about the true nature of these objects. The, yeah, the A-tips and the F-16 shooting the little New York Times articles, a little bit of Tic Tacs, that seeding, right? The information coming out. Here's a thing. Yeah. It's the military telling you about it. So you know what the military is going to be telling you. Right. Yeah. You know how the military works. Well, maybe you don't, but (laughs) if you don't, you know, you can look at history. Yes. I mentioned the objects were real and I mentioned that they will be detected in increasing numbers throughout the years. I also mentioned that some of them are ours, as in human from our own civilization. The reason I mentioned those things over the past three years is because, for us, the relevance is to be informed and not to fall for the fear narratives coming in thick and fast through the mass media and alternative media channels. Ex- expect them to accelerate. Yeah, the the uh, little tic-tac things. Mm-hmm. The whistleblower that was talking, uh. He has a podcast now, doesn't he? The one, one of the jet pilots does, yeah. yeah. He does yeah. have a podcast, it's called Merged. Yeah. And he talks to, you know, a variety of people in the field. Yeah. People I've never heard of. Right. In directions and processes of thought or inquiry that are like a master's degree level scientist and batch. I mean, it was like, um, not who I expect to hear from, mm-hmm. who are taking the um, taking the inquiry very seriously, but and from within the existing structures of like universities right. and, and whatever, they're actually yeah. doing research. Actually, mm-hmm. hey, let's turn on our sensors and let's look. It's a little bit like the balloon thing, right? The balloon thing is like, well, there were tons <laughs> of balloons before, but we never l- really. <laughs> looked for them so we never really saw them because you know our sensors were set for 2,000 miles an hour and these things are going (laughs) to things like that right so well I'm looking for dark energy in the universe and hey I just realized if I use the sensor to look for dark energy if I use that sensor and tune it for a anomalous aircraft of some kind then maybe it'll detect that too (laughs) so those start to look right it's quite funny and as they start to look the funny thing is is as you just said they become detected increasingly, increasingly more and mm-hmm. more. So the jet pilot guy is like, you know, he's wanting to talk about all this because it's a big safety worry that all these jets are going to crash into these objects, mm-hmm. which, I mean, has it been happening? <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. And there's tons of them. So yes. maybe his original why was that. Right. But as he investigates, it's more and more. I mean, he Something can't else. carry that forward. It just right. hasn't happened. Yeah. Anyway, there, that was, that was the funny thing is that he's talking to his pilot friends now and his experience was in 2004. Four, five, yeah. Ages yeah, ago good. and his current pilot years friends. Ago or something. They're saying, yeah, we see him all the time. They're all just everywhere. Everywhere. And he's like, yeah. this is a serious problem. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta fix this. The jets can crash into him. Yeah. <laughs> so that's his why, you know, but. Yeah. Anyway. And again, it's fear based, right? It is, right? It's, mm-hmm. he's afraid of crashing into them. Mm-hmm. But he has been um, altered in his experience because, you know, it's basically taken over the purpose of his life. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, keep going, honey. Okay. So uh, the seeding. Seeding, seedings. Wait, wait, wait. Seedings. 
Yeah, so the word seedings to look for are so feeding seeding a word in the human wait, collective. Wait, wait. What? That paragraph there you missed. That's I did? Yeah, the reason. Oh. The reason that you mentioned these things <laughs> are being detected in increasing numbers. Yes. The reason I mentioned this those things over the past three years is because for us the relevance is to be informed and not to fall for the fear narratives coming in thick and fast through the mass media and alternative media channels. Expect them to accelerate. Right. The word seedings to look for are unknown, the word unknown, the words aerial threat, the word destroyed, the word shot down, the word shoot them, the word terrified, the word fear, the word helpless, right? Those are the type of words that you need to look out for. Right, so they'll say we, we, we saw a, uh, a, and UAP, know, and yeah. it could present an aerial threat. Yes. So we shut it, it down. It ought to be, these things could be, should be, dis, it, we should know how to destroy them. They should be destroyed. Those yes. are like the way that but we would destroyed them. them. Yeah. We destroyed that yeah. unidentified aerial threat using a standard AIM-9 missile. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, that type of thing. Right. right. Um, so part of those seedings places the reaction or response to people that we would then give authority to, like the military or the government. The government will take care of it. The military will take care of it. It's nothing to do with me. I'm just going to wait and see what happens. I'm a civilian. Right. right. There's my, a thing over there, but the military has got it. It's not my job to even do anything, just sit here afraid and and see what they do. Right? Probably call the military's yeah. hotline. Or the police. I have one of those things here. Can you guys deal with it? Yeah. That type of thing, right? Yeah. The word seedings that are coming are, they start coming now, okay? Really? Yeah. Although really? they've already been seeded, they started being <laughs> seeded already. They seeded in the movies, definitely. Well, definitely the movies, but yes. even in the news, it started seeding them, I think, in 2011 yeah, or something. The death ray, yeah. Death yeah. ray, isn't that come from Cuba? And they're yeah, using the, the death Cuba ray on the Cuban thingy. thingy. Yeah. So, death ray is one of them. Uh-huh. Beam, another attack, particularly over cities. Ooh. Instant death. Oh, I wonder how that could be cut and brought about. <laughs> Let's not go there in okay. the public side. We can talk about that on a second, private. On the second hour, if you're really yes. interested in yes. uh, instant death. Yes. Loss of control. Mm. Oh, that's another. Yeah. Loss of mind. Oh, most definitely. This is going to be yeah. second Seated. hour topics. Yeah. Loss of life. Okay. Also, of course, all of these related to the alien threat. Of course, they're completely related to that alien threat. Right. So all these word seedings are going to start happening, or have, already some of them already have started, but they're going to accelerate and then become mass media productions and alternative media productions. I could just already see it. It's, oh my gosh. What do you see? I could already see, it's like you can almost aren't going to be able to have a conversation because people are going to be automatically right to that. Right to what? Death ray, instant death. These things are a menace to our cities. They need handle. Oh my God. It's just Don't worry. Be... They're military gear here and they're going to shoot them with missiles. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> okay. Like I mentioned before, these objects are real. What, what's really happening here? Okay. What these objects are, 
and why we can see them now, either with our own eyes or with technology that is now available to everyone, is part of the expansion of awareness that our species is going through at this time. So it would already be happening. Yes. The visibility of this object is the natural thing fully expected and known will happen. So, like, if you were aware of the way and things will be happening, you would know that these objects will become more and more frequently visible yes. through the, your own eyes and through cameras. the technology, the cameras yeah. and the little infrared things with the yes. sensors fixed or yeah. your iPhone with the 3D vision goggles put yes. together, the red and the blue over the top of it, yes. or the night vision generation, whatever. So yes. The regular old tech that yes. everyone would be able and would be necessarily as a function of the ex- raising frequency of the planet. Expansion of awareness. Expansion of, of awareness. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good, better way of saying it. Because of that, these things will be more visible and obvious. You already know that if you knew. And if you didn't know, someone would be telling you something. Right. So the visibility of this object is a natural thing fully expected and known will happen. Right. Okay. Much like the eclipses were known by a few, and the information of them coming was used by kings and religious authorities to connect the narrative of control and power of the heavens to an experience that had zero to do with the kings or religious authorities. But they took the credit. They took the credit, yes. And they created the narrative. They created the narrative. And if you didn't know any better, you better believe that king. Yeah. I mean... You better f- do what, what the you, king says, the whole that religion. risk of the entire rest of everyone's life is dependent on you doing whatever it is. Yeah. Or else the sun's going away for crying out loud. Exactly, yeah. It's not a small thing. Not it's a small serious. Thing. It's very serious, yeah. What these objects are is technology from human and humanoid as well as non-humanoid species that are strongly related to Earth and or are part of our previous civilizations here. So that's what's real? Read it again. What they are is technology from human and humanoid as well as non-humanoid species that are strongly related to Earth and or are part of our previous civilization here. Yes. Well, that's a mouthful. (laughs) Yes, it is. Everyone who chose a power over others experience during the previous split was placed in a kind of remote part of the earth to play those games unhindered. So could that be what some people consider the prison planet? Yes. We can see many cultures have a history of gods or large crafts placing humans on earth and teaching them how to eat, hunt and survive. Funny they would have to teach them how to eat, (laughs) how to to survive. We also have many histories and traditions that teach an exit from paradise or a golden age that still is in our collective memories. Yeah, definitely. We've heard those stories, Eden and whatnot. Mm-hmm. All the civilizations oh, have. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the, the funny thing. When you go searching for these stories, you find they exist in all these cultures and to so many Throughout degrees. The world. Like we were, we were looking, you know, if you listen to the very first episode of the second hour, mm-hmm. you hear a uh, recording of my own I guess regression yeah. into a uh, what was going on with my hair combed backwards, which is definitely a UFO experience, yeah. right? And in my description of some of my past life seeings of these crafts, I called it a flying turtle. You did, yes. <laughs> because I didn't have any other words, right. and that's what it looks like. It's yeah. a turtle flying. Okay, it's a flying turtle. <laughs> right, <laughs> what exactly. else are you going to call it? That's what it is, a right? A flying saucer, maybe? 
we don't have saucers. <laughs> right. And so as I was looking at some art from uh, Alaska, the Alaskan in That natives, was interesting. Yeah. They, uh, their version was a clam with people in it. Yeah, a giant Being clam. carried by a raven. Yeah. Raven carrying a clam, which is, you know, Full a flying turtle. And inside yeah. the flying clam is people, right? Yeah. And they were brought, you know, had to be taught how to eat. That's with the Thunderbird, right? The yeah, Thunderbird. the Thunderbird as well. Hey, guys, here's food. This is yeah. a whale. This is what you eat. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's what they look like. Here, I'll catch you one. Here's how you catch them. Yes. <laughs> Go eat. That was in my car. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. a, you know, blinding mm-hmm. thing. And if you look at it, you might forget things or maybe get taken. So don't look at it. Too long, yeah. Too long. All these stories, they all kind of sink in. Yeah. Uh, anyway. That was a fun exploration. Well, those civilizations did not end. They what? Con- the ones that dropped uh, the light over dark light power over other ones? The ones that dropped us off didn't end? No. Oh, no. They continued in their natural frequencies of our species, which is very high. Now, as we construct the next experience of the split, we can start seeing their monitoring devices, transport vessels, and inter-universal technology. Yes. Wow. Really. Uh, do you know what speechless means? <laughs> That's what you are right now? Yeah, really. <laughs> okay. So let that sink in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What that means. That means a lot of things. Like, I remember, here's my best, uh, you know, I remember I was driving to the airport on 9-11. Mm-hmm. Driving to the airport to visit my dad. Yes. He was flying in. To go to a conference in Vegas or something like that. And he was having a layover for an hour or so. And so uh, we were, I was driving in to visit, say hi. He lives in Alaska, and I've only seen him once every year or two. And on the way there, I he, um, he um, called and said his flight was going to be delayed because an airplane hit a tower mm-hmm. in New York or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's crazy like i guess it's not too hard to believe because you know those things are tall and airplanes hit tall stuff i mean it's gonna happen eventually i'm pretty sure it's probably happened before right and then as i was continued to drive because it wasn't canceled or anything just delayed a little while another one hit another one no and i was like wait a minute that can't be an accident right that's not like that became the realization that wasn't an accident that was an on purpose type of thing yeah so what the hell's going on here? And it's like got canceled and I had to turn around and go home. And I was on top of the Elwha Bridge at the time. Mm-hmm. It's a super tall bridge. And I remember that being, on. it's, I knew, you knew that something fundamental in the world had changed, but what was it? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's similar to what this realization is that those civilizations didn't end and they continue to exist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, exist in a space that we share that isn't one that we are impinging on each other's sharing of reality experience the experience right it's like we don't even conceive of i couldn't conceive of two jets hitting two airplanes on accident two jets hitting two buildings on accident i couldn't conceive of that as a possibility Mm -hmm. it had to be something going on here and the, of course the military provided the narrative for us the president whatever mm-hmm. here's what happened right, right and we're like so willing to it most all of us i'm not saying you mm-hmm. and most of us listening to this mm-hmm. 
came to a realization at some point. We're like, wait a minute. This narrative is very convenient and it's easy for me to go along and believe it, but absolutely positively, almost every bit of it isn't true. (laughs) Right. So how, how was I led to believe something that's so clearly not true so easily? Right. Right. And that's essentially uh, what this created narratives are. We'll present Mm -hmm. a thing and it's a reality uh, shaking and here's the answer. And when you mm-hmm. get the answer given to you, it's easy to follow along with it. But there's <clears throat> important things that you mentioned next about that. So this this is reality shaking. Yeah. But also with that example that you gave, the narrative that the government gave had been seeded with different words oh, and threat words like threat and all these things. We were for hoping a few we years. knew who the bad guy was. Yeah. We were hoping it was that guy. Yeah. So all these narratives, and they don't happen overnight. It's not like a big shocker. They're seeded through time and space. and But when it happens, it feels like they're like, bam, right? (laughs) It feels that way. It was like shocking event. Shocking, yeah. Now produced narrative that's been seeded. Yes. So that's the formula. Yeah. So we we need to be cognizant and aware of that. So if you see a shocking experience... The narrative that follows, yeah, be suspicious of. It. Yeah, and you can easily, with a little bit of scratching, you'll find the seeding of it through uh-huh, time, uh-huh. like three, four years or something like that. Okay. All right. Whoever controls the narrative for these sightings and interactions controls the journey of the people who believe in them. It is important that we're not controlled by these narratives, which is why I have talked about this before and continue to do so now. So that's a funny thing controlled by those narratives. That narr- those narratives got a lot of people to join the military. They did. Yeah. On mass. On mass. And it was all people carrying the same general frequency, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Those ones were all collected. Yeah. Therefore, remember, if it generates fear and helplessness, then you can be sure it is a power over the other's narrative. Okay? Look at it. Acknowledge it and drop it. Can I um, in in, in uh, add a interject. couple of words? Interject a couple of words. Yeah. So the the uh, military men and women that were collected didn't have fear and helplessness. They had the uh, reciprocal, which is savior mm-hmm. and uh, righteousness. Yes. So if it generates savior and righteousness. Also, yes. Good point. Thank you. Yes, very good point. Yes. Look at it, acknowledge it, and drop it. There is no benefit for us to to engage with it in any form, not even to tell people to wake up and see what's really happening. (laughs) Just be aware of it and continue with your good works. If someone was to ask your personal opinion, share it what you have truthed to be real. Such as, yes, the craft is real, but the story around it is BS because it's obvious the story is to generate fear and helplessness or savior and righteousness, righteousness, which is total crap. Right. Right. As to how we, those who don't fall for the low frequency games, respond to the objects themselves that are not our own civilization's objects. And I I mentioned that not our own civilization's objects because when we were traveling 
um remember right from we went, we sacramento went, north and yes. through some of the like it was it was uh i'm pretty sure it wasn't i-5 but it was the road next to it mm. paralleling it that yeah. go to i-5 we would went up through the orchards in a way yeah like these uh trees and things and it wasn't the regular freeway we we're trying to avoid some of the smoke mm. or take the whatever uh, unusual way north we went very very close actually we we skirted the um area area 51 base Right. We skirted it. And when we skirted it, I had the opportunity to scan it. Mm. I scanned it for ETs yep. and That's ET technology. Time. Okay. And as that happened, yeah, we were going through to Vegas or whatever. Right. That was a different time. When time I did I that, that was a different time. Yeah. We, we actually saw an object uh, at some point during our trip. And I scanned that one too. And they were human objects, human from our civilization. Yeah. They had alien technology or other civilization technology within the objects. But it very much felt like, I mean, what I told you at the time, I said, this, the technology feels like a Ferrari being dragged by horses. Yeah, that's what you said. Right. right. But it's still a Ferrari, right? So that's what we perceived. And when I tested to see, are there any alien people there? There was a big fat no. Now, recently, um, I heard a podcast where the guy said about Area 51 and how um, they were very, like, it was a very larger, there was aliens there, but you had to go way, 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 down, way down, underground. Down. And then we got down far enough. And it was a massive, there. massive complex. Right. Now, what I had detected before and had experienced myself was that it's not the Area 51 itself, but that base is actually connected with underground tunnels and an underground transport system to other bases around the United States and the world. And where I know there are actually reptilian, um, non-human, or but they are humanoid, uh, not from our civilization people, is under the El Dolce, Dolce mm-hmm. uh, base, under there. They are they they are connected to Air Fifty One and other bases around the United States. Several one of, of those are in California, actually. And the Napa and other places like that. Um, but all these negative things that are happening, like experiments on people and all those type of things, are actually done by humans. They're not humans from our civilization. They're not done by the 80s at all. Yeah, the nasty stuff is mostly humans doing yeah. it to humans. Yeah, and they are using alien technology. Right. But they're not done by aliens. So this is something to... To remember, okay? It, yeah, it may seem implausible at first glance that humans could be used to do all terrible things to other humans, but if you scratch for one millisecond, <laughs> you'll find that's not unusual at no, all. Not unusual at all. No. Right. Even from the people that we think, you know, the bastions of freedom on the planet, scratch a little bit, and there was all that torture they did in what, that base in Cuba or whatever. Oh, no, it was in... Uh, in Guantanamo Bay, yeah. That but, is Cuba. Yeah. So, you know... Torture, but we don't call it torture. We call it enhanced interrogation. Okay. <laughs> it's fine if you do the enhanced interrogation. It's not It's not torture. All right. Yeah. So, 
that I mean when I saw it and when I perceived it and when I had that experience and saw it it shocked me actually that it was humans doing this these type of things anyways going back to this thing okay okay one of the things we have to remember about torture and all that type of stuff is that nothing can happen without your agreement. Sometimes the agreement is simply a, a person saying to another person, I'm in charge here and I'll do whatever I want to you. And if the person believes it, then the authority is given. Right. You know, right. it's not like one moment you say, okay, let's torture me. It's like, I know what, I'm no. going to go do this and that and the other thing so that I get in grabbed by these guys and they can torture the shit out of me. Exactly, yeah. It's like you didn't just wake up in the morning mm. saying, I think I'll go get tortured. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's okay. a long and tortured path. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so There's a whole orchestration a that needs to happen, including a martyr energy, very strongly held and for those then, things to yeah, happen to a person. Um, yes, okay. totally, totally, totally. That's the part where the agreements are created and yep. worked and orchestrated upon. You get yourself in a shit situation through a mostly long period of low frequency agreements. Right. Over and over and over and over. Yep. Right. Yep. Okay. So, <laughs> so let's move so on. Let's, let's move, move on. on. Wait, you know, miss, wait, 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 you gotta go here. So, how do we respond to these objects that we might see an object that's not a like U.S. military one mm-hmm. or other military one? It's like a non-human, humanoid or non-human, non-humanoid, mm-hmm. just a non-human being. Well, you can actually interact with the objects that are human I, this way, too. Okay, so but this okay. part is how do we respond to objects that are not from our own civilization. Or are. So or, you want to... Yeah. Okay. So... As to how we, those who don't fall for the low-frequency games, respond to the objects that are not our civilization's objects. But I'd like to add here that you can actually respond this way to all objects. We'll just say right? all of them. Yeah. Okay. We raise our frequency. Which that, what does that mean? Is, process yeah. your fear. First off. First off. Process your fear. Process your fear. Yes. Raised frequency means fear is not the frequency of that emotion that you engage with, from, with, or through. And if you don't know how the hell to process your fear, go to our website and download the fear processing exercise. Yes, it works. It's free. A champ at this. Yes. I mean, I'll tell it's you what. Uh, for example, I lived 40 years or more with mm-hmm. the constant every night fear that a bear is going to eat me up from the toes up. It'll just start eating away and there's nothing I can do about it because it's a bear. It's way bigger than you. Right? Mm-hmm. You're completely powerless and helpless. Okay. I was completely terrified of those damn bears. Yeah. And then I um, downloaded, just what you said, the fear processing exercise. Yes. And I used it for a little while. Mm-hmm. I used it on fears as, you know, because I'm a guy, I don't really have any fears. <laughs> except for the one of the bears going to eat me. And, you know, this one. And, that <laughs> one. and, you know, there were a few, but I would never admit to. Right. But it was nice to have the fear processing exercise you know, in my toolkit. One night I was having this uh, dream again and I became aware in my dream and I decided, hey, I'll use the fear processing exercise on this and uh, I'll tell you what, that altered the entirety of that experience. That's really good to know. So much so that I really, I haven't had a 
fair dreams since. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not any fearful fair dreams for sure. I mean, I've seen bears in my dreams, but nothing like that. Right. And uh, the very next night I had another dream. And, I think, you know, we can talk about this in the second hour if uh, Ilya and Adelina want to talk about it. But I'm telling you what, that fear processing exercise changed my entire life. Yeah. All for the Is better, too. Is that powerful? Mm-hmm. Okay. So raise your frequency means, first of all. Yes. Process. Have the process of fear processing known, memorized, utilized, practiced, experienced, written, yeah. whatever. Have it be a part of your life. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that's how we raise our frequency. First of all. And we use our experiential telepathy skills and the people and beings behind the wheel. Who are you and what are you doing here is what we want to ask. So you just said use your experiential telepathy skills. And uh, earlier in the beginning of the show, we talked about the second hour, mm-hmm. the second hour podcast that is a paid for podcast. You go to subscribe star and there's mm-hmm. a, a tiny bit of money per month. It gets you into the second hours. We also have a different level of that subscribe star that has monthly classes. Yes. All of the monthly classes that we've ever had and everyone that we have each month you get when you sign up for that. Yes. And one of them, one of the more recent ones was experiential telepathy. Yes. How to develop that your How skill. How to develop of. your skill of it. Yeah. And the way that we hold classes, we spend most of a hour sharing Relatable experiences, like I just shared with the fear mm-hmm. processing exercise and my experience with bears and dreams and using it in my dream. We share these stories of it being used in a practical way. Yeah. And we share the exercise or yeah. whatever the tool or the methodology. The tool, the exercise. Or how to, you know, expand your awareness around it and where mm-hmm. to get more information. It's not like we, well, you might, but... We don't have the answer for everything. Right. No, I don't have the answers for everything. Absolutely you, you, not. You, you do if I ask you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's a trick. <laughs> the questions. <laughs> Point being, you know, we don't claim to have the end all everything. But, but it's like a really good one. definitely have a good way yeah. to step into exploring these things without getting your self taken advantage of. Exactly. Right. So you do that skill, you use it. And if you don't know it, go there, grab it. Right. Right. You can get the second hour and yes. take the class and yep. all the other classes that are there, dozen yes. there now. And yep. the next one that's coming up, mm-hmm. which probably is going to be a past class by the time you hear this. <laughs> probably. But it's about Lemurians. Yes. Right? Lemurians so, fit into this. I got to say. Yes. Up a few chapters. Yes, they do. So we raise our frequency and we use our experiential telepathy on these people and beings behind the wheel. Who are you and what are you doing here is what we ask. Do we have to use those abrupt words? Can we be like, hi, that's a very pretty airplane you've got or whatever. Who are you? You can. So you don't have to be just like, who are you and what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Like somebody walks up your driveway is like, who are you? What are you doing here? You don't need it. Personally, think that if you push your authority yeah. of who are you and what are you doing here as a command, mm-hmm. they actually have to answer the truth. So, yes, do it that way. Yeah. If they offer salvation, candy, healing on kittens, we tell them to go away. What the heck is wrong with candy, healing, <laughs> kittens? Those aren't bad things. No. If they say hey, okay, we're here to kidnap you an experiment, I suggest we say the same. Go well, away. I agree with you on that one, but what about the healing and the kittens and the candy? 
You don't need. need You have your own. You you have your own candy. Nobody can save you. What? I do not have candy from the planet Zelf. (laughs) I don't even know what it looks like. Well, let's let's say it this way. Okay. Did your mommy ever tell or daddy ever tell you if somebody offers you candy? Don't take candy from strangers. Don't take candy from strangers, especially if they're near and unmarked. Did you ever use that one experiment where you say, "Hello, my name is," and they introduce themselves, and now they're not strangers? No, I can take their candy. Yeah, but don't get into the van with them. Okay. Okay. You can take their candy, but don't take it. Oh, if they say the candy's in the if van. They have some candy. The UFO, I'm going to take the candy, but I'm probably not going to eat it. I'm going to let it get examined. But first. if they offer you candy and they say, yes. well, you have to come into our spaceship to get the candy. Okay. And candy could be metaphorical. Yeah. It could be a crystal, don't. right? It yes. could be a magical healing device. Yes. It could be a, look at this, the most adorable kind of pet thing that you've ever seen in your life come in here and play with this thing with yes. us then no don't do it not to start out with. because i mean you might find that they're you're... not treating you like an equal they're seducing you in or fearfully we're here to kidnap you an experiment and you have no power over no it say in this matter then that's also power over others both of those they don't need that when you're speaking to an adult they don't need those things they wouldn't do those things if their friends and cousins, okay? I'm, I. If you experientially connect with them and yeah. they're excited about the communication and yeah. treat you as as equal cousins, then we ask more questions. Whatever we do, we do not give our authority away. And if at any time we start projecting savior onto them, we step away. Okay, so, you know, I think that if we, uh, are excited in our communication with them and treat them like because I'm going to show them my kittens, right? And my candy, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some of the healing devices I have if they mm-hmm. were like injured in some way. Mm-hmm. But I don't suppose that I would start out with that. I think no. it's essentially what we're talking about in the beginning is that they offer you some bait. Yes. To get into their craft, right? That's probably what you want to avoid. But if you yeah. are communicating with them at an experiential level and they're sharing their beautiful pet that's okay yeah right yeah okay just making sure we got to just don't give your authority away at any time okay okay all right during time when we existed mostly and primarily in the frequency of fear prior to the the time during the time when we existed mostly and primarily in the frequency of fear. Which I would say is any time prior to, let's say, 2010. 10. Okay. The prior fe- to before the, especially. Before the fear procession exercise was with us. Right. And the rising of the vibrational frequency of the planet. Nearly all experiences with non-human intelligence and UFOs were had with the fear frequency ruling our reactions. So much so that even a voluntary meeting of equal cousins was pretty difficult to have because we're coming in from our low frequency baseline. Yeah, yeah. That is changing now. But it depends on us. We're the ones responsible for our experiences. Right. right. Therefore, whether it's an object in the sky that you read about on the internet or a conscious and personal experience of us on a ship or a 10 foot tall green being in our backyard telling us he's our cousin, the energy we carry at the time will dictate the results we have. <laughs> the 10 foot alien in the backyard thing is quite funny because we were just watching. I mean, right after the whistleblower comes out, you know, all the other things start popping up too. And yes. So in Las Vegas, the policeman had a camera on his chest, you know, her chest, yeah. Her chest. And it was recording a traffic stop. And in the back, you see this light come down. Shh, 
And a sound, yeah. And a la- sound, and it lands on somewhere in Las Vegas. And then uh, in Las Vegas, this family. fella and this family, they're working on their truck at midnight, and they hear this, they hear this see this real bright light, crash. and a crash in their backyard sound. And they can, here's the ring camera, and here's the recording of the light and the noise. Mm-hmm. And they go look in the backyard, and what do you think they see? A 10-foot tall, tall, tall green, green alien-looking yes. thing with Big giant eyes. eyes. And that's mm. definitely not a human. And it was 8-foot. I mean, nine, it's 10-foot ten ten foot tall. tall. Just it's it's huge. Yeah. And they call the cops. And they do. <laughs> the cops come, and they're like, yeah, our partner saw it uh, falling from the sky. What is it? It's like, it's a 10-foot tall alien in our backyard. And they're like, uh... Well, he said, I wouldn't normally even <laughs> respond to this, but our... My partner saw it, so, it, so here we're we are. Here. Where is it? You know, yeah. they go look. They they only found a ring Circle. in the backyard and the yeah. growl, right? Yeah. And uh, no craft or aliens or anything like that. But mm-hmm. uh, evidence, uh, video evidence of the landing, evidence of the sound. Yeah, there was flash, a lot there. Yeah, there was a lot there. But but the response was fearful. Yeah, it's right? like, don't and call seeding, us next time. You guys shoot them yourself. No, he said you deal with them themselves. Deal them yourself, but. The people, the guy who was telling the story heard, you shoot them next time. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So step away from fear and start using street smarts. Right. If they we dictate terrified. what our experience is, then we tell them to go away. That includes the mass media and alternative media narratives. Okay. Yeah. If they start dictating what our experience is or has to be, then we tell them, go away. Do you understand? Uh, we dictate. We dictate. And if they acknowledge and res- respect that we dictate our experience, then that's good. But if they try to dictate our experience, you will be afraid, or you will be taken now, or you will be right helpless. Inst- death rate or yes, instantly death killed or yeah. whatever. Or you will be saved. By us. Yeah. If they dictate it, then tell them to go away. Okay, fine. And that includes messages from the mass media and alternative media narratives. Okay, yeah. So, you're informed now, right? Yeah, I imagine we'll be revisiting this more often than not. Yeah. Probably. And more certainly more. in our second hour. So, go to Subscribe Star and grab that second hour. Uh-huh, I agree. And uh, if you want to know the Lemurian's connection to what we're talking about, or you don't even know what a Lemurian is, go to the subscribe star. Yeah. Check out that class. It's going to blow your mind. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Till next week, I guess. Yeah. Love you, darling. Love you.